ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. everyone and welcome to episode 11 of the Soulful MBA podcast. Today's topic is all about creativity. I'm joined with my co-host Sandy. Hello Jenny. Hey Sandy and we are going to share our biggest and best thoughts on creativity and why we think it is critical and crucial for you to have as an entrepreneur. So Sandy I'm going to kind of let you take the lead in this episode given that you're the artist out of the two of us. Here we go. Here we and go. Here, here's where the criticism begins. <laughs> and this is why we're talking about it. Yeah, I think this topic is interesting because I think we are all creative beings. No matter what we do, who we are, we are all creative beings. And I think there's great value in acknowledging that, exploring that. And if we in into business, I think it's a huge skill to understand that you need and how to kind of cultivate that. And I, I, yeah, so I have so many ideas on this and I know Jenny, um, I would say that you are the artist and not me. And mm-hmm. here the conversation begins. <laughs> well, okay. So I think this is why we wanted to have this conversation because we personally have this every day in Slack in our private Slack channel. And I think we both have our own insecurities around this topic, around not being creative enough or visionary enough in order to do this work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see you as someone who has skills as a fine artist, as sort of the creative one. And I certainly don't think of myself that way. Like I cannot draw very realistic pictures and I cannot, I don't have a singing voice. Like I don't have a sort of the traditional artist qualities that would make me like think of myself as an artist. I, I, I do like to write and I like to do creative writing. And I also, I mean, I enjoy every single crafty subject available, which I know you also Mm -hmm. enjoy crafting, but I don't think of myself as a creative. Um, And I always, I guess, am a little bit jealous when I see someone who is gifted as an artist and I don't think of myself that way most of the time. So when I see you and you have a drawing class that you now go to on Tuesday nights, which I'm super excited about and so happy for you that you get to do that. But I can't, you know, you like, you'll hold up a picture when we're on zoom, which is like Skype for those of you that don't use zoom, you'll hold up a picture of what you drew the day before. And I'm like astounded that you can draw that. And I can't relate to that at all. So, well, I can hardly relate to it either, even though it's me doing the work and I'll explain that. But I think that I've also would use the definition of someone who's a creative is way into like fine art, you know, that the musicians yeah. and the writers and the drawers and the painters and uh, my whole family, um, my immediate family is very, very creative. Uh, and I always joke that I lost or didn't get that creative gene because I could never draw. I can't do anything from the top of my head and create anything. You know, it's just not. And I, I'm surrounded by people who are immensely, my dad is um, immensely talented. My dad is a, a luthier, like he builds custom guitars and his work is just like out of this world, you know, and my brother's an architect and he can draw. He teaches drawing for God's sakes at a university in Canada. So I think for me, my standards are really, really high to be considered to be a a fine art, fine artist. Uh, And I still definitely would not use those words with myself, but I found this drawing class um, 
here in Calgary that teaches adults how to draw. So it's for people who would say they're not, have no talent at drawing, and it teaches them how to get out of their left brain into their right brain and let the process happen. And when they teach you these skills, um, it's just incredible what happens. Like all of us in that class can't draw, or so we would say. And then when we step back and look at the work that we've just been step by step you know, led through, it's like, oh my God, what is this? How does that even happen? So I hold those drawings up to you, not to like, hey, look what I can do. It's like, what? where did this, I don't understand where this comes from. And mm-hmm. I think when in business, I know with our software side of the business, I do a lot of the tech support and working with the customers. And, and so it's a lot of linear problem solving thinking, like, if you do this, what happens? And if you do that, what happens? So it's like IFTT, if this, then that, if this, and that's how we, you know, work through our screens and creating the whole software thing. It's very, very linear left brain thinking. And I was looking for something that would kind of take me out of that a little bit. And so I came upon this, this drawing class and always been curious about what it's like to, to create something really beautiful, right? I just don't know that I've ever felt like that. I've never been able to paint or draw or anything and, or even write. And so it's just been this fascinating journey of discovery. And, and the other thing that I love about this drawing class is that it's for no reason. There is no end game. There is, it's just simply for the pleasure of the experience, like just sitting yeah. there drawing. It's not important work. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to influence anyone. It's not going to be sold to anyone. It's not to create, you know, like it's for no reason other than my true pleasure and joy. Yeah, I think that's a really important idea. I For those of us in sort of the business world and the entrepreneurship space, I think that's a, a sort of a foreign concept. Right. There's a always a purpose. There's always strategy. Yeah. There's always a reason you write, you, mm-hmm. you know, you make a move because there's a bigger, bigger play at stake. Yeah, I I imagine this is a bit different for most of our clients and listeners. They're like more regular people that are not as, you know, we talked about ambition on a previous episode. Maybe for folks who aren't as as like entrepreneurially driven, then this is more normal to just do things for pleasure. Like my brother does like woodworking or um, like block printing, right? Like, and to me, like, I love it. The same thing. Like I have a very artistic family and I'm always sort of amazed and in awe that that people have hobbies, you know, that are not, that don't have some like ulterior pur- or like end purpose and that, that just creating beautiful things is worth it. And I believe that. I just think that for me, the beautiful things that I focus on creating have like a larger kind of purpose behind them. That They're not just for pleasure. And, and I'm learning how important it is to um, find pleasure in things and to be happy and to do something just because it feels good or seems fun. You know, I, um, when I was in law school, law school is really hard for me, even though I'm like, as my husband would say, type A plus personality, (laughs) I got really bored a lot and sort of disheartened by a lot of what I was learning. And I remember instead of taking notes, I would often like more often than not stop stop typing because we always took notes on laptop on our laptops and I would just I always had a notebook with me and I would take things like notes of things I really wanted to remember I would write them down on paper which I think um, is meaningful in and of itself but I would also start drawing designs of jewelry that I wanted to make because I was doing like metal smithing on the weekends 
instead of studying. <laughs> and I, like, it's a similar, like that for me was, was something that was similar to what you're describing of though, of course, then I had to start an Etsy shop and start a, you know, a business around it, which is part of the personality problem you know, of problem <laughs> disorder. You can just say it out loud, Sandy <laughs> disorder. But so then that ultimately like led to a whole other level of stress. But when I was just making things for myself or for my family and friends, it was really fun. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. So I, I think that we wanted to talk about creativity um, with our audience today, just because I think maybe folks don't realize, maybe you do, but maybe you don't realize how important kind of that creative spirit and that creative freedom is to the business that you're building. Like it's really important to tap into that other side of your brain and to allow the creativity to come into play just because you want to make something that's unique in the world. You want to, you don't want to just re rehash something that already exists like your unique genius is making something that only you make, right? And so you have to be able to tap into something, some other force or some other flow that's going to allow you to make something new in the world. And and in our society, in our culture, I think you really have to intentionally give yourself permission to do that. Mm-hmm. Nice segue into my entitlement point here. <laughs> so within, I, I read this in Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic book, which is such a powerful book for any any artist or business person um and she she talks about like we in the world need to step into a bit of entitlement and around our creative beings and creative thoughts and uh, in such a negative word typically <clears throat> but she's like you are allowed to be arrogant around this subject if you have an idea for a business or a piece of art or a piece of writing you almost need to step in and conjure up some arrogance so that it comes forward into the world. And that, you know, I deserve this. I deserve this chance to try and explore this creative side of me. And maybe it will be beautiful and maybe it won't. It doesn't matter the outcome. The point is that you deserve the attempt. And often, I think, I think particularly females, we may have an idea for a business, but we are so you know, we, we don't have any sense of entitlement to it. Um, and we may kind of, you know, fall back into the shadows, into the dark and not ever bring whatever we dreamed of to light. And I think that's a, a real loss. And so sort of thinking about if you've got an idea or you have people asking for something that, that those words, like I deserve this, I deserve to try and see where this, you know, follow this and see how far it can go. Um, and I think a lot of like, affirmations are really powerful here where you can say like, I am an artist or I am an entrepreneur, even though you haven't actually made a sale, but just to start thinking like that, like I am an entrepreneur, I'm a successful entrepreneur. I reach and help many people or whatever you choose that's going to, you know, empower you. Yeah, I think that's, that's absolutely true. And I think you know, you and I were dancing around this idea that entrepreneurism or entrepreneurial work is very similar or maybe even the same thing as artistry, mm-hmm. um, that they're so intertwined in a way uh, because they're both like creating something, birthing something that didn't exist before. They're also 
requiring you to be incredibly creative and to step outside the box with what you're doing. So they're like, they're sort of intertwined in this, this very meaningful way. So yeah, I think that's right. And I, in terms of the entitlement, I think especially you and I are both mothers, which we've touched on a a bit so far in the podcast. And I think that that's something that's even harder, just like, it's hard to do this as a female. It's really hard to do this as a mother to give yourself sort of the directive and the permission to, to be an entrepreneur or an artist or both or creative, just because it's, it's, you, you're always like mentally weighing, like, is this, am I putting this before my child or, you know, is this like, is this a a realistic thing that I can take on right now? Like, is this, how does this fit into my larger priorities? And I, I think it's a constant battle just internally for me to recognize like me taking the time to work on this business and me taking the time to do like read fiction or go to a writing workshop, which I'm going to do next month, like to, to take on those kinds of things makes me a better parent, right? It makes me a better, a better partner, a better parent, a better friend, like me giving myself the space to do what's in my heart makes me not resent the other people and things Mm -hmm. in my life. And it makes me show up in a different way. And And it also like empowers, um, for me, for my daughter to be, you know, I'm, I'm like sort of living by example. Like I, if she has this in her heart, I want her to be able to follow that path. Like if she, it feels like she wants to, you know, take on a hobby or an interest or pursue a business or whatever she wants to do. I want her to feel empowered to do that and not like there are these societal pressures that are going to hold her back. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and I, I've seen just speaking of your daughter, I've seen her drawings lately and they're yeah. so amazing. Like it's, I love she the, is. she's good. Like she's got a little talent there. Well, so I, we're, this will not be our official joy or hustle, but I want to give a resource out to all the parents out there. Art Hub for Kids on YouTube is basically the greatest thing in the world. I don't know if I've even talked to you no, about this, No, I don't Andy. know that. There's this great family in Utah. There's a dad who has, I think, four little, very small children, and he does a daily drawing class on YouTube. And it's like Kennedy's favorite thing in the whole world. It's her favorite part of the day is to do her drawing class. And they're like five minutes long. And it's like, it's Mm. teaching kids, like the most important thing is not to, you know, have to make it perfect. It's to have fun. He's Mm -hmm. always like, the most important thing is having time. Because before with her, the reason why she's, I think, blossoming in in her little art is because um, she's not afraid of messing up where before, if she like drew a line in the wrong place or something, she would get so upset at herself. I don't know if if you've seen this with your son, like Mm -hmm. if it's not perfect, she gets angry at herself and she'll throw the drawing on the ground and which I relate to. It's like, it's terrible to see the, ha- these things in yourself. Like, no, don't take that on. Don't take that part of me on. Don't, <laughs> oh, don't that own trait. that. Not that trait. No, no. <laughs> um, but this, anyway, Art Hub for Kids has really helped her to sort of like be fine with making mistakes and knowing that having fun is the most important thing. So that's like a little bit of a caveat, but actually I will sometimes after dinner do the drawings with her. Mm-hmm. We'll sit down together and do the video and it's really fun. fun. Like it, yeah, it's so fun. And it's, it's like, yeah, it's a great thing to do together. So it, even if you're growing up and you don't have small kids, you might want to check it out. And also as an example of an online business, they're really rocking it mm. as sort of a YouTube channel. And they have affiliate links for all these little kids art supplies on Amazon. Like they're doing it. That's very so cool. they're, I'm, I love what they're doing. And that made me think um, in my drawing class again, uh, what the techniques that we're we're learning are what they used to teach to people in the Renaissance time. Cause that was like, you take students, kids, mm-hmm. like you te- take math and science and drawing and that often 
when we as adults would draw a face, we would draw, you know, in symbols, like the way that children draw. So we would put, you know, the eyes are typically drawn too big and that the eyes are too far up in the head where, because you know, they're really like right in the middle of your face from the top mm. of your head to the bottom of your chin, your eyes are right in the middle. Um, but we don't see that. And so as adults, when we like you and I that say we can't draw, we draw in symbols, you know, because that's what we learned as a kid. And I was thinking that, so this, this class is like teaching you to, that's your left brain kicking in thinking a nose should be a triangle. Like there's these, these sort of set ways and symbols that we know and are familiar with. And that if we kind of apply that to business that, you know, we can sometimes take a business and go, well, this is how it is. This is the formula we should use for our accounting. And this is, you know, because that's what we've learned. And I think the beauty of business is being able to to think completely different and out of the box. And um, you and I have had a bit of an aha moment with some of our accounting ideas and how to how to like um, traditional, like general accepted accounting principles. And we're kind of, we're kind of, I think we may be kind of bucking that trend. And we don't need to go into that now. But that's like one of those examples of where people are creative and stepping away from those preconceived ideas and, and symbols, you know, and I think yeah. there's so much parallel between business and, and, and art. And I, I think oh, yeah. it's really I, amazing. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think like they're both aspects of our culture that are constantly evolving, right? So art is constantly changing. Like what is considered art is changing and what is considered business is changing and technology, I think just expedites it. So yeah. And I think in terms of creativity, I also think for those of you who are maybe just getting started in business, I think allowing yourself like not to learn everything first from someone else is a really, has been a really beneficial process for, for me and for us. I think, um, you want to, you want to always be like educating yourself about like what you can do better or how to like do certain tactical things like in social media or with SEO or whatever. Like that's great. Be constantly educating yourself, but don't feel like you have to have it all figured out because I think part of the beauty that happens in entrepreneurship is when you sort of like don't know what you're doing and you have to make it up. And that's where there's a chance for you to do something really groundbreaking and different than someone else. Right. So I know that there are writers like when, like you, you like Austin Cleon's work, for example, and I think we're going to use steal like an artist as our hustle for this week, but his book, I encourage you all to check out his work. And we're going to link also to an interview with Austin. Um, he's one of my favorite thinkers as well. We'll link to him in the show notes, but he talks about like, you go out and you, you read a lot and you, if you're a writer and an artist, like you read a lot and you study a lot of things, but then you sort of have to like block it out and make something on, on your own. And, um, but don't expect that you're just going to like create it in a vacuum. Like everything that everyone makes is heavily influenced by what they've seen and that the real, um, the, like the really fun opportunities for creativity and business are to take ideas from other disciplines or other kind of realms of the business world and then apply them to your space. So for example, I think we benefit a lot from being in the tech space and in the wellness space, right? Cause we can take ideas from either and then bring them together in new and different ways. And I, I, like I've talked about in a previous episode, I'm really interested in studying like military theory and then applying that to environmental policy, for example. And so that's where it's, it's like a really fun thing to do, to kind of take examples from one discipline and apply them to another. And the creativity is, is that magic that happens in that, you know, bringing those seemingly unrelated things together in a new way. 
But it's it's uh, scary to do that, yeah. right? Yeah, it's scary to 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 do something unproven or unseen, or you know, you're there's. I think we all deal with this fear of being judged or not liked or not wanted or nobody buys it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, 99 times out of a hundred, what I feel like what I make is crap. It's terrible. And and I just, you keep making it because the one out of a hundred times, it's going to be a really, really good idea. And maybe that like, maybe as you get more advanced in what your discipline or your business or whatever it is you're doing, your craft, like the, the percentages change there. So it's more than 1%. And then it's, it maybe it evolves to be like 20% of the time, what you make is brilliant and amazing. But like, you have to be willing to like make a bunch of stuff that's terrible. Like I know as an artist, Sandy, you must feel like you were just showing me your sketchbooks <laughs> a little while ago and you, you are like unhappy with some of that stuff. Right. But like, you have to do the stuff you don't like do the work. before you get to a point where you're making something that you actually love right. and believe Which in. Is, and that's every artist, that's every writer, that's everyone. Regardless right? of discipline. That's Stephen Pressfield's message in, in yeah. the war of art. And yeah. it's a that's a, a, a powerful book, like just show up every day. I mean, it's really focused for writers, but show up every day and do the work and do the work and do the work and yeah. something will will emerge regardless of how <clears throat> how hard it is. And yeah, it's it that's a that's a that's a really great book too. If you haven't read that one, it's The War of Art. That's one I need to read every year, I think. I know, me too. And I I love that book so much. You know, and, and the another thing that Seth Godin talks about, and we've talked about Seth a lot before on the blog on the podcast too, he talks about for those of you who are thinking of doing something like writing, he says like take on a blog. It does you don't have to put your name on it, but put it out there publicly and write a post every single day for a month. Just commit to doing that for a month. And commitment was our one of our earlier episodes, I think episode three. Um, commit to doing that because you'll be amazed at sort of what evolves over the course of just like a month of writing consistently every mm-hmm. day and putting it out publicly. Like there's something different about writing mm-hmm. in a journal that you don't show anyone versus putting it out publicly. And again, you don't have to have your name attached to it, but you're still like putting it out into the world where someone can find it. And I think for those of you that are wanting to get into writing, that's a, a really amazing, excellent habit to develop. And I think for other kinds of artistry too, it's the same thing. Like just start taking consistent action and see see what happens. You know, that's how you discover what you're good at, what you love, like what you don't love. Like that's the only way to do it. I think, you know, in the wellness space, um, there's a lot of kind of perfectionism among our clientele and among kind of the space, the people in our space. Like there's a lot of like perfectionism about like what you can eat and like how you can move your body properly. And, you know, I know there's also the, the reverse, there's the conversation about imperfection and, and like different kinds of bodies and different, whatever there's that too. But I think overwhelming, like the people who go into wellness are overwhelmingly focused on perfectionism. And I, I think that, artistry necessitates that you have to get over that you know you sort of have to be willing yeah to make a lot of messes and like to not be perfect and you know to to show show something that you're making out in the world that is not you know up to your standards Mm -hmm. make some crap make some terrible stuff right and then see what what evolves out of that yeah make a lot of crap You know, I think everyone's, everyone says, like, if you go back and look at anyone's like first website, you know, everyone, like first website anyone made is terrible. Like the first page of a novel, like of the first draft is terrible. Like every first 10 episodes of a podcast, (laughs) right? Like you have to go through that stuff. And I, and I think as a business owner, you know, maybe, maybe where, where this difference, you know, 
comes into place between like sort of entrepreneurship and just like creativity for its own sake is that you sort of have more on the line when you're, you're an mm-hmm. entrepreneur and you're putting something out there. Like if it doesn't work right away, then like you're out, you know, you have like tangible costs associated with that. And so I think it means like you have to be okay, you know, with making a product that no one likes because then you learn why they didn't like it. Or, you know, like you can do all the work you want in advance and, and you should, you should try to make something, you know, that is meaningful for your audience and for your community. But you also are like, you're not going to hit a home run with everything you make. And and no one does like, no one does that. Just like, think about even big brands that you follow um, and that are, you know, in our culture, like Coke and Pepsi, like all of those companies, those big, big companies, Starbucks, like they've all had really big failures. And so like products that product lines that like failed and didn't work like every single entity has this, like regardless of how big or small. And so you, you just like have to sort of like allow that failure to happen and those mistakes to happen and know that like, they're not really mistakes. They're just, they're just an evolution in the process. I think that's part of why um, there's challenges that are online now that work so well. Like I've seen like a Facebook live challenge where you have to go live on Facebook every single day. And that gets a lot of that out of the way, right? You get your, you know, your daily practice in and there's accountability um, baked in around that so that you have to do it. Because if it was just you saying it, you wouldn't, you know, you just say, oh, I don't feel like it today and, and back off. But yeah, no, I think that's a great, a great point. Yeah. And I, you know, I also wanted to point out something else we'll put in the show notes. Just Ira Glass has this kind of famous, mm, um, right. this famous talk on the creative process. And, and he talks about, and I, and I'm going to like sort of misrepresent this by accident, but he talks about like, if you're an artist or creative, like you, you sort of have really high standards, standards for yourself. And that's in that regard, exactly like what you described of yourself, Sandy, mm-hmm where it's like not up to your own standards or like you look at your family members artwork and it doesn't meet that work level of craft or something. But like everyone who has like this kind of calling is going to have high standards. And he, he talked about like, you just, you're going to suck for a few years. Like you're going to be bad at this and you're just going to have to like, personally, you're going to have to be okay with making work. That's not up to your own standards. And that's just part of the process. So uh, we'll link to that. And it's really awesome. There's some people that have made some like artistic little YouTube videos, like taking his audio and making little learning videos about it. We'll post that. But like, but could they, like give yourself the space, the grace to kind of be creative, like, and let, let whatever is sort of inside of you play out, whether it's as part of your business or part of your artistry. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, I think this was in Elizabeth Gilbert's book was that, uh, to also let it like to not always have to change the world with your work because like just let it happen for your own healing or your own, you know, satisfaction or, and it doesn't need to change the world overnight like that. If you're trying to strive for that, you'll never, ever. I think her, actually, I think her example in that book is like people who write self-help books, that the ones that try to make an impact in it and help a lot of others often fail. It's the, the self-help books that are done sort of as this self-reflection and uh, done for themselves, done to heal themselves. Those are the ones that have somehow a different, deeper meaning. And, you know, those are the ones that end up with with impact. Mm. You try to be yeah, t- I, I too, love that. too calculating about it or something, then it doesn't it doesn't naturally flow. It's not really what was meant to come out. Yeah, yeah, I think that's 
I love that. I totally agree with that. And I, I see the same thing too. Just if you like, if this sort of segues into our, our joy, but we like also love crafting, as we mentioned, we both like to do crafty things. And I just noticed this when I was an Etsy seller that like, you can be really calculating and try to see what's selling on Etsy and sort of recreate it in your own way. But like, that's like, you're never going to be that person that made it then. Like you're just one of the millions of copycat Etsy sellers that are making like the same kind of earrings or the same kind of, you know, vinyl wall art prints or whatever. Like you, unless you're the one that came up with, like you have to sort of do it for yourself, like create something that's Mm. kind of inside of you. That's not just like calculated to make you money. For example, like you want to be smart about your business, you know, having prospects, but you also like, there's something unique inside of you. That's not in anyone else. Right. Like we all believe that, like we are all special snowflakes. And so like, we have (laughs) to own it and, you know, like let, let your little snowflake shine because like nobody else is going to make what you make. And I, I mean, I don't know. Okay. I love that about okay. our culture. So right before we started recording, we were talking, we were kind of just, you know, getting prepared and getting our ideas together. And you said, Sandy, I want you to make the show art for our yes. podcast. And I was like, ah, no, no, absolutely not. And now I'm going to try it. Okay. Yes. And everyone should no. go and See, leave like, reviews I, about this, how amazing the show art oh, is. It makes my, no, it makes me <laughs> want to throw up a little bit when you say that. I just want to do it and not everyone, anyone really look at it. But no, I, I think <laughs> I will do it. But it's hard. Like what, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. I get it. It is hard to put yourself out there. Yeah, I'm going to do it so though. Hard. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Oh Shauna, our designer is going to be like, uh, no, no, you're not. No, you're not. We're <laughs> not putting that up there. Okay. She's going to love it. No, she's going to love it. I just, I think that we, that's, that's the beautiful part of our team is that we're, we're like, we've got all these little artistic qualities and interesting things about us. Okay. I'm going to do it. All right. Yeah. So, okay. So let's go into joy. the joy. So one easy way to start getting reacquainted with your creativity. And we think this is really fun and important to do if you're in business is to take a class. Um, and if you can take a class in person, like Sandy is done with her drawing class, which is just remarkable. And, um, if you don't live on an Island in the middle of nowhere, like me, <laughs> you can do things like that. But for those of us who are internet connected only, I, I w- just wanted to share some resources that we, that we've both used in the past Skillshare and also creative bug and creative bug is sort of like entry level crafty artist fun. Hold on though. I, I think that you're doing that a disservice. I think creative bug has really fast, easy things that people can do. And I think it's like $5 a month. It is $5 or, a month and it's, and it's thir- really fun. 30 day tr- free trial. And if you yeah. wanted to explore drawing or if you wanted to learn how to knit, or if you wanted to, crochet a snowman you know it's it's all there like the, the the amount of stuff that they offer like if you wanted to do prints or lettering or well see I've looked at all the drawing stuff so that's all the stuff I know <laughs> but it's it's fantastic like that is such finger a finger knitting right elbow knitting there right. is an they elbow knitting a couch pillow there is <laughs> I noticed that we talked about it and you said I don't do that kind of knitting but because you're a perfectionist, complicated knitter. But yes, I Popcorn there's every stitch. kind of art and craft available and it's $5 a month. And I just actually keep a membership because Kennedy, my daughter and I do them. So like on a rainy, snowy day, we'll make our own weaving looms out of cereal boxes. <laughs> 
So that is the kind of level of my craftiness at this point. But I think it's fun. Almost all the artist stuff I do is with and my maybe little I, Maybe I am lowbrow, but because I've never been on Skillshare. Well, Skillshare is like, oh, I'm going to learn how to do like pattern illustration in Adobe Illustrator. And, you know, if you want to like take on some like fancy craftiness, you can go over to Skillshare. And we both follow Bonnie Christine from Going right. Home yes. to Roost and she yes. teaches on there. And I love her. She's also, we'll put her in the show notes. She's somebody whose blog I followed forever. And um, she's just a, a beautiful artistic like pattern designer and like maker of every type of thing, like drawings. And I think her mo- mom is like a quilter. Anyway, she does like quilt shows. She's amazing. But, but like, so she teaches on Skillshare. So I kind of think of that as sort of out of my league of craftiness, <laughs> but I, I love it. I love that that exists in the world and that I can go to like, learn how to like do hand drawings on my iPad and then turn them into Adobe Illustrator, like patterns and like print them on fabric on spoon flower. Like that is the coolest thing in the world. So I'm sure many of our listeners know, know like much more about this than I do. I'm sort of out of the, the crafty space lately, but it's really worth like just giving yourself permission to start to play around. And, and I think creativity is a lot about like being playful and giving yourself permission to be playful. And there are so many great resources out there, like locally or online that are super inexpensive and, and accessible. I just, I just, before we go on to the hustle, Jenny, I just want to make that connection that I think we're suggesting these, these crafty arty things to do because, um, well, this is my take on it anyway, because once you get out of your left brain and you do this right brain work, sometimes there's answers and solutions to problems that face you in your business world that just kind of come to you like in a flash, you know, like I think there's such value in tapping into that right brain side. So that's, that's why, you know, that's why we don't want that side of you to be ignored. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be a class. I I personally love school. So for me, classes work. But you could also just sit down and do draw or paint or like go, you know, another thing that I think of that gets me in that same headspace that you're talking about is like walking along the beach and finding sea glass or something like that. Like that is for me the same or hiking and, you know, photography, whatever, like just allow yourself to, to do those things and then to see the connection that they make to your business and, you know, just see what unfolds. Yeah. Okay. Hustle. Yeah. We kind of mentioned hustle already, but it's Austin Cleon's book, steal like an artist. And we'll link to that in the show notes. And it's a really like little handbooky kind of fun book. It's not like a sit down and read book, really. It's something you can sort of like read through very quickly and flip through. And it just, um, he talks about how to sort of borrow work from other artists and then, then use that as a baseline for your own creativity. So that's also a really fun place to get started. And it's sort of easy and in my mind easier to think about being being creative and creating something new when you're when you have something to start with yeah absolutely we do that all the time in our business yeah anyway that's our episode on creativity this has been really fun makes me want to go draw right now i'm going to go draw (laughs) some episode art oh my god awesome thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time bye everybody Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. 
Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba slash sample.